Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we are so happy you decided to join us today. Um, before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. It is so easy to set up and break down. I think that's what makes it so handy to use and why I'm basically using it every day at practice. Um, mentioned Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400. You said that right, $400 off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is run by a basketball coach for basketball coaches at any level. Um, it's uh, it, You're not going to find anything out there, and it's got a 14-day free trial. We believe in it so much. We want you to join. We want you to come and kick the tires around. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, but I can tell you people love it. I can tell you that people do not want to leave. Uh, go over and check it out. And it's got everything from clinics to videos to to uh, me talking, to lessons, to courses, to handouts, to practice planning, to parenting, to whatever you need as a basketball coach, it's got it in there. Also, go over and check out our other podcasts, High School Hoops, 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast, Funnel Down Defense, and leave a five-star review. We'd love those. All right, let's head off to the podcast. So practice, practice planning. Yes. I like the first one you did. It was really good. Okay, good. Um. What did you think? Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it because, you know, I, I coach in two different sports. So I coach soccer and then I coach basketball. Do you? I did not know you coach soccer. Yeah. So I have this whole theory on soccer, too. Have I told you this? Here's, oh. here's your moneymaker. All so right. Every sport is about spacing, right? Yep. Soccer and basketball are definitely about spacing. Yep. So what you need to do is you need to invent. And if anybody does this out there, I'm copywriting it. Okay. Uh, you need to, uh, <laughs> you can, you can have it, but, uh, you need to come up with like a, you know, like you have those mesh, the, the pennies you wear. Yeah. You need to basically come up with one that has like some sort of like laser tag thing. And then you can program it as a coach 
about how what kind of distance you want from the next player. So if they get too close, it starts flashing. And as they get closer, it flashes more. So you're basically, you have to teach them to stay farther away. So it's all about spacing. Yeah. Definitely on a basketball court, my guys get too close to each other all the time. All the time. So it would be like you'd set those five things to be no closer than like two and a half feet or a foot and a half, or whatever it is. If you get closer than that, you're too close. Um, and obviously when there's a rebound and that kind of stuff, it would start flashing. But when you're running your offense and stuff, they get yeah. too Soccer is soccer when they're little is hilarious. It's all like these little clumps of kids. Yeah. So um, I coach at a club in West Bend, and uh, I used to, and then they found out that I'm not. I moved back to West Bend, so they got a hold of me, and uh, they want me to coach a team. So I just started looking at practice plans and stuff. You know, the the difference between basketball and soccer, there's so much more out there for soccer practice planning than basketball. And it, I was thinking about it in context, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Is like. It's interesting how a soccer approaches it in the U.S. soccer program because they focus on a practice with the kids. They focus on a certain concept at one time. They don't okay. go from like – it's not like, all right, we're going to do ball handling to passing to heading to this. It's like the whole focus and the whole practice is circled on one concept. And I took a class, and it was super interesting, and I actually saw more growth out of my soccer players in the season – compared to basketball players, but I don't know how you would be able to structure that in basketball because there are some differences in regards to basketball than there is soccer. So, you know, I don't know how you could be able to fo- make a focus. Well, maybe, maybe if you're – okay, so let's think about – especially for the younger kids, if you're thinking about an hour, I don't know, hour and a half practice, uh-huh. maybe. So maybe every week you have an emphasis, like this is the dribbling practice. And because it's the dribbling practice, you spend an extra 15, 20 minutes on it. I think that would be, I think that would be cool. I think that might be something different than a lot of other people are doing. Yeah. Is your goal, is your goal to be able to have, are like, cause there's like, there are so many organizations out there from Massachusetts to Kentucky to everywhere else where they literally have day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and then, like, literally, it just builds upon each other, and it makes it so easy for people that aren't soccer people to be able to go out and be able to coach. Yes, I think that, I think that, I think that's, I think that's the way it's got to go. Okay. Um, I think it's got to go, like, here you go, print this off, we can help. Um, yes. Yes, this is day one. That's a lot of work, though, you know that, right? It is a lot of work. Yeah. It is. Um, but I think once I think I think for the youth, once the youth is done, I think all I, the thing is I think it's like my lesson plans for math. I think once one is done, the other two. I mean, there is obviously a huge difference between doing a fifth grade practice and a our practice, but a, there's going to be a lot of similarity. I mean, there's going to be a lot of similarities too. I think. Do you um, think that maybe that there are just core components and then maybe the idea of an emphasis is an IQ emphasis, like, you know, reading overplays and, or the next time learning how to do certain types of cuts? Because I don't know if you can really, you know, what, what is an emphasis of ball handling that you wouldn't emphasize every day in practice? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, maybe you, you talk, you know, is it really the – the reading the game and becoming a, uh, be able to develop that IQ piece every 10 to 15 minutes in practice, something different where they're learning how to play the game of basketball. Right. Um, right. That might yeah. be a little bit easier to build into than, um, you know, okay, we're going to, our emphasis today is passing. Well, I mean, right. 
mean, see, the thing is with youth ones, I think I think you really only need, I don't know, two practices a week for how many weeks? Yep. You know, um, I don't know, eight weeks maybe? I don't even know how long the youth. Our, our guys go from about November, end of November to maybe middle of February. Yeah. But then you got to. With, with Christmas break in that. Yeah. yeah, and we're talking late November. So let's say right after Thanksgiving and then we got right in February. So three, that's four like there. Yeah, maybe 12 weeks. Um, yeah, so. That's 24 practices. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I think there's going to be a huge correlation between the, the, uh, the beginner, or I don't remember how we labeled them, the beginner and the intermediate. Okay. Don't you think, I think there's going to be much more than between the, the beginning and us. Um, I think there's going to be a huge correlation there. Um, and the thing is, don't you think that something you do in practice one, you're going to do it again in practice two. Not everything, obviously. So this is the math teacher in me. It's like I, I don't, I don't even know if I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna see if I can pull up your. Um, there it is. I did, but there's a part of me that feels like basketball is a little bit different than soccer because soccer is so open space. It is. It is. And basketball um, is going offense to defense, offense to defense. You got to be. Everybody's got to be able to handle the ball. There's not specializations, and you know everybody's got to be able to put the ball on the floor. Yeah, everybody's got to be able to do all of that. Um, here, let me see this. Uh, the, it, it, I, think it, I think it's so different, too, in the sense that um, it's the, the pace of the game is so much faster in basketball. Like, okay, so I'm looking at day one for the, for the, for the beginner. It says, so drill work, so static drill work, um, footwork. Dribbling drills, um, triple threats, layups, basically layups, triple threats, uh, shooting form, uh, IQ pass, cut. Yeah, so there's the IQ piece that I try to put in every practice. Right. And I think you need some sort of fun. Did you put a fun game in here? No, I didn't. I guess I'm not that fun. <laughs> yeah, you're not that fun. With third and fourth graders, I think we need to come up with something for little guys. Okay. Probably, because I know it's been a while since you and I have done this, but this grade level. But, you know, 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, they're going to need something. Yep. Um, you know, like a dribble tag or Pac-Man or, you know, capture the flag or something. Just because they get – that for them to keep it an attention span for that long – the 20, 30, 45, 50. Yeah, for an hour is tough. If you don't, you got to throw something in for them in that. That was the only thing I thought of when I'm looking at my notes. Here. Yeah, my other thing is like, how much time do you spend on defense and how much do you spend on rebounding in third and fourth grade? Yeah, I, well, I don't think you spent any on rebounding. Right. <laughs> Unless things have changed. Um, I mean, you talk about it, but rebounding is not it's like little guy soccer it's like you know you can talk about all the advanced stuff you want but they don't do it um (laughs) um, i think defense you just play man you have to Uh, you just play man and 
you maybe come up with the concept of if you're off one pass away kind of thing. But even for third and fourth grade, that's so hard. They're just basically chasing their guys. You want to be able to teach them help side. You want to be able to do that. And again, my theory is, okay, so this is a, I don't remember where the guy was from New York or something. And he coaches a fifth grade team, but his fifth grade team that I was talking to is an advanced fifth grade team, which they're more like a seventh grade team. Right. So my th- this, this is for the beginner, beginner, beginner. If your kids are better, then you're going to jump to the next practice plan. Yeah. It's kind of my theory. So that's why I think at these younger ages, we need lots, 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 lots of fundamentals. And it has to be fun. It has to be, you know, there has to be some, you know, fun stuff in there for them. Um, you know, even, even playing, even doing like basic zigzag, anything you can make fun for them at that age. Because it's so hard. And if they're more advanced, which we've all had our groups that are like that, then they jump up to the next level. This is literally like for Johnny or Susie who have not played. And, you know, don't you think? I mean, I think that's got to be the elementary level one. And then when you're – if you're a good elementary team, then you jump up to the next one. And if you're a good middle school team, you jumped up to what we're doing. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's my theory with it. Um, Thinking back to coaching my son's team. Um, you know, there were two guys that could play and then when they first started, cause you know, and then there were three or four that were okay. And there were three or four that had never played before. This was their first experience, which is fine. You want that. Yeah. But I think it's a different, it's a different strata when you do that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I like the format. I like the I like the map out there that you did on that uh, on that sheet. Okay. Well, I also have a sheet too, and I can share with you. Um, my former teaching partner actually, it's a like an Excel sheet where it'll actually highlight the time of the amount of time that you you've used, and it breaks down. It would be a nice tool for people. It'll actually like if it's an hour and a half, you can it'll tell you when it hits an hour and a half. If it's an hour and forty five, then it'll go. Oh, I like hour. that. Yeah, that would be good. It's it's actually really um, and it color it color codes when it gets to that point. So okay. like, um, I can share that with you. Okay. It's like a template. It's very simple. Right. So lo- lo- if you look at the one that you did, so is there any? What will you do? What would you do in the second practice that you did in the first practice? Is there anything you would do in that first that that would be? That's what I'm trying to think of saving time too. Um, first practice what I would do differently I may like add another layer to layups maybe it's a move maybe it's um, yeah but God, but even with third think about third and fourth how many can do moves really and you know, honestly though like when I did fourth grade I did a third grade I did a I tried that third grade three on three this year and literally our practices were almost identical every single day yes that's what I'm saying. So I think what I, I, I think I think the hardest practice is going to be the middle one. Yeah. I think the beginning one is, I mean, so I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think you keep very, I mean, and then if someone thinks that's too easy, great. Then you go to the next one. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think, I think you keep that format. So you do this, the drill work at the beginning. So slap the ball. So maybe you don't do slap the, maybe, so you change it up. And then the next time you come back, you do this, you do this exact same practice again 
with some tweaks and maybe throw a different game in and maybe throw in. Right. But like some of the things I think like we always kept the same footwork drills. We kept the same ball handling drills because we spent less time. Like I could literally blow my whistle. And like what I did with the little kids is like, I would, instead of like having in a circle, I'd have them all arranged on the three point line. So it's easier for them to see the coach in the middle. And then by the end of the year, I had the little guys leading it. You know what I mean? Yep. So you can te- I'm telling you, you can, it's like, that's like a PGC thing too. You can train them to say three point and then they know the lineup on the three yeah. point or theater is like from the half court line down the sideline or <laughs> sidelines of the two sidelines. I would, There's- I even did it in high school practice. I would do one whistle was stop and two whistles would be broke, broke down right to the middle of the floor. Right. And the last guy would have to do 10 pushups cause he wasn't paying attention. It was right. an easy way because then I didn't have to yell. Because when I when I was really pissed and they know that I was pissed at them without yelling, you know, I didn't right. have to yell when I didn't that's, have to. That's an interesting concept because I'm not a whistle guy. I've in 30 years I've never been a whistle guy. Really? And here's my theory with the whistle is I don't want them to hear the whistle. I want them to hear me. So I want them to be in tune to my voice. So that's why I never used the. I don't remember where I read that early in my coaching career, but I have n- I haven't used a whistle in thirty years because if I say something, I don't really care about the whistle. If the whistle is usually wrong, sorry, all the officials, but the, the, <laughs> that's usually wrong. So I don't want them to be tuned into the whistle. I want them to be tuned into me. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a theory, and it's worked. It's killed my voice. At- hey, coach, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. Um, those do mean a lot to us. The written reviews are really important. Um, two, two other things that you can do to help us out. It doesn't cost you anything. First thing, you can go over and subscribe and like and join our YouTube channel, Teach Hoops. Um, you get updates all the time on that. Um, you can also, if you do any sort of shopping on Amazon, you can click our Amazon link down below, www.teachhoops.com backslash Amazon. Bookmark that. Anytime you do any shopping on Amazon, we get a small little commission and uh, it helps us uh, with our hosting fees. And if you really, really, really want to help us out, you come over and join teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better, become a better basketball coach. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons I got into this was to not only help my players, but to help other coaches. Um, and like I said, we ask our players to work on their craft. Are you working on your craft? Let me help you become a better basketball coach. All right, back to the podcast. The times. But, um, <clears throat> um, yeah, I need volleyball. I don't even use it. I, don't, I just, I don't know. I don't even know where, I don't even know where I would find a whistle to be honest with you. It's crazy. I'm a coach. I don't even know where I, I mean, I'd have to go steal one out of an athletic department. I don't even know where I'd find a whistle, but, um, okay. What else? All right. So it seems like that we're going to try to keep things pretty consistent. Uh, especially at the younger ages. Okay. I think, I think that layering is going to happen with, so I think the first practice of third of the of the beginner and the first practice of the intermediate are going to be very similar except the the intermediate one is going to have more layers like you know you're just going to all right we're going to do this and then we're going to add more things to it like the structure you know you might only spend 2 minutes on I don't know what what do we have drills I don't even know if you do drill skill work um but you definitely work on pivoting and then how do you expand that to make it more um, advanced. In, advanced. I'm just trying to think of it from a teaching standpoint. You know, if I'm doing this from a teaching standpoint, I'm teaching math. I'm just trying to layer it um, up. 
And this, and when I'm thinking of an elementary school kid versus a middle school kid versus a high school kid, they are not even in the same ballpark. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But they might all be doing pivoting. It's just different layers of pivoting. Does that make sense? Yeah, because like I would do like five or six different pivots with my high school kids because their footwork is so bad. That's why Everybody, I think that. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Coach Unplugged. Um, I, I sure enjoy these. Um, happy holidays. Um, if you're looking for the special gift for someone, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, 14 day free trial. Can't imagine a better gift for one of your basketball um, chunkies. So go over and check it out www.teachhoops.com for basketball coaches who want to get better. Let's go back to the podcast. Footwork is so bad. That's why I think that I want it to be emphasized at younger ages for these coaches because. Right. That'll help them, their high school coaches later on, because it's still the amount of people that really don't know how to pivot or create space. Right. Your level is so, so I have a question for you. How do you, how do you teach receivers that shoot? Do you, do you teach airborne shooter? Do you teach one-two step? Do you, how do you teach a receiver that receiving the ball and getting ready to shoot? I've been teaching my son airborne receiver. Like you receive it and you're, all way, all, you're basically catching it and ready to go up. That's hard to do. It is really, a lot of basketball. That's a lot of basketball. It's all about, and I don't know, this is the reading I've done this summer. It's all, getting your shot off is all about what happens before you get the ball. I completely agree. Steph Curry is no different than me. Well, he is a lot different. Yeah. But, but he's a human being. Once the ball's in his hand, he can, he, him and I at the exact same point, you know, we're going to get it off the – once we get the ball, it's the exact same. It's everything that he – he is literally shooting the ball before he gets it. It's crazy when you break it down. Right. You know, that tenths of – that hundreds of a second is all that stuff. Now, obviously, he gets it off probably faster. I'm old. But 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 it's not as much as people think it is. That It's all about that. What is he doing with footwork and what is he doing with his hands? And, and you know, it's crazy. I mean – do you think it's easier to establish off the dribble with a one-two than an airborne? Well, that goes to, that goes to, that's a PGC thing. Boom one-two, I'm a big boom one-two. So the first dribble is just a dribble, and that second dribble, that's what I call it, boom one-two. So the first one's a normal dribble. Have kids do this, it's crazy. The second dribble is as hard to dribble. You can hear it in the gym when it's quiet. Yeah. So it's called one, and then it's boom. And that second dribble's got to be up because you know you're shooting at the guy that's defending you doesn't. So you literally pound that ball so hard that it comes up into your shot. Right. So that's why they call it boom one, two. So you're boom, and then the second one is like right up here. You should – my son's been working on it this summer. It's, oh, my God. It's like it, – it's so good. that Because you're basically getting it up into the pocket on that second okay. dribble. And it's a high dribble. You know it's a high dribble. The guy defending doesn't, and it's right up into your pocket, and then boom. Um, but I've been working on him with being trying to be an airborne. Actually, I've been working on him this summer just getting shots up. It's literally been 400, 500 shots. It reminds me. 
Um, I told him I'd buy him a new iPhone come January if he shot um, if he shot five out of seven days from the end of PGC, which is like the beginning of June until January one. So I said, you get two days off. That's what they say. You should go five days hard, two days off. Um, and I said, if we go on vacate, whatever, it's your problem to find out how you're going to shoot. And he's been doing it. He's been shooting four or 500 shots a day. So we're just right now. I'm just worried. I'm, I'm worried about repetition. I'm just muscle memory in him because he was already a good shooter. But now I just, I think if you take enough shots, you just become a great shooter. That's what my theory is too, though. But like, I don't know. And then I'm going to work on the, you know, the other stuff off the dribble, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think it takes a special kid to shoot airborne though, to be honest with you. It does. It does. But, but with a machine, you can do it. Yes. He, he, the thing is he can, he's getting the reps. It's hard right now. He's stepping and I'm just letting him shoot at this point. And then once school starts, I think we'll, you know, we won't worry about how many he's getting in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to worry more about, okay, let's worry. Let's worry about the, you know, because if you can shoot, I'm going to, you know, there's guys around him that are going to be able to create. If he can shoot, I said, if you can shoot, you can play at any, you can, you can keep going up. Right. You can play in college. If you can yeah. shoot. Yeah. I swear to God, I can, they will take you. If you can shoot, they will take you. Yeah, I agree. Because kids can't shoot anymore. No, it's a lost art for him. It is because it's repetition. It's him really? going in an hour before summer school. He had summer school at 80, went in every morning at 7, 8. It's, it's that stuff. It's the monotony of just going in and just shooting. Shooting a routine, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that goes back to the footwork thing. It's like, you know, what kind of footwork do you want to use with – I think I think footwork at the younger ages is big. I do. Because they, create, be, they learn how to create balance. They do. They're constantly jump-stopping every day. They're more likely not to travel. Um, you know, that's the one thing I've noticed, too, is that compared to some of the other teams I watched when we played, my little guys, is that they didn't travel as much. They were able to catch the ball. And it, it, the game didn't get as ugly. You know, right. some of the games you watched – the coaches that focus so much on five by five, their kids are constantly traveling and they're and, and right. like, you know, keep it simple, stupid kind of thing, you know? Right. Right. Um, and I think that will help. Yes. And if a coach thinks their team is beyond, that's what I'm going back to. Cause I know people that are going to look at this going, this is not for me. I need more. It's like, that's fine. Um, but I think, I think to do it justice, we got to do the, the basic stuff of that third, fourth. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, and th- and this would be good stuff for next summer. Then I could tape some video stuff. Okay. Because um, it's definitely with pivoting, you know, or next spring I can do it once basketball season's over. You know, we I can sit and grab my son and we can work on some pivoting stuff. I can work with him and we can tape it. And then we can throw that in. Because the pivoting stuff will be harder for the coaches. Um, but that's okay. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, you got to get something down first. All we did for pivoting was like we did like two, like four or five lines, and the kids, um, they would like, they they would hit a chair and they would pivot off away in front of the chair, away from the chair, and it got them to stay low and, and gravitate to their body. So they would right there, and then they would hit the ball, and then they would either forward pivot or, or reverse pivot, and then you know at the high school level and stuff, we would work on different pivots where we go here, rip through, and then pivot, just some basic stuff to warm up every day. Um, and uh, I, I thought it helped out a lot. Right. I think it will. I think it will too. Okay. 
And I think you should label them. That way you and I can go back and we can communicate via email too. Like okay. here's one, here's two, here's three. Like I think you did that on the first one. I did. Yeah. So then we can go back and say, whoa, wait on three, we did this. Maybe we got to, you know, re, re go back. And, and to be honest with you, th this is my, this is my philosophy, especially with the young guys is take two steps forward, one step back. Like third practice maybe is a lot of the stuff we did in the first two. <laughs> um, again, going back to my teaching, it's like, yeah, we do, you know, that especially you know, like in my algebra two class, it usually we do two days of things. And then that third day is a group thing or we redo it or before we go on to the new thing, because you, you know, we can keep the bus moving, but, they're in third, they're, they're, they're a beginner. Are we expecting that these people are going to end up playing five on five in the season or not? Yes. At some point, I think don't, okay. I mean, most elementaries, I think by third, by fifth grade, definitely are playing five on five. Yeah. I always start the season with them playing three on three. And, and yes. In, in process you're talking about. I also think it's really important. And I do this in soccer. You always with younger kids, you always end practice them playing five on five or three on three. Yes. That's what they want to do. They want to play the game. And I've yes. done that as a coach where like the last couple minutes of practice, I'm making them do a defensive drill and this and that. And it's like, no, they, they want to play. Right. And you got to remember that. And so yeah. like every day in soccer, we always end with 77 or 88 or 5v5. And that's how we end practice every single practice because they need to be able to play the game. Right. And the thing is that it's like, it's like the, it's like a timeout. The last thing you say is what they remember. Right. The last thing you did at practice is what they remember. Yeah. Oh. I'm telling you, whatever yeah. I send, whenever I end my practice, the last thing I say to them, I know is what they're going to remember. When they, right. If I'm PO'd when they, the coach was mad today, it's like, but if we do something at the end to kind of wrap it up, then it's all better. You know, I can be mad in the first 15 minutes. They, they're, they're, their brains are like goldfish. You know? They really are. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, especially at the younger ages, it's even worse. It's like, um, but yes, I would do that. I, I would put, I would put, I would put a, I'd put at least one game. The, after the beginning ones, I wouldn't do game stuff, but I, I just think back to my camp this summer and stuff. I would definitely put a fun game. -ish. I have a bunch of books and stuff that I can take games that I've used in the past. Yeah, I like Pac. I mean, beginning ones are great, like Pac Man. If you play Pac Man, yep. Pac Man tag. Um, I mean, anything that has a competition in it. Um, so I was watching a video the other day about UNC women's soccer, and basically, this is not for the little guys, but this is they basically everything they do at practice, they keep score on. Now they have eighty-five managers or whatever. Right, um, and they're like the best. They're very good. Yeah, I mean, they basically everything they do is a competition, and they keep score and they track it, and it's you versus the other person, and it's like, and I'm sitting watching this video, going, "Yep, I would love to do that. Yep, I would love to do that. Who's gonna do that for me? Because I'm worried about you know, are the jerseys washed, kind of thing, you know? Um, right. So uh, that's where I think we got to bring the coaches back to reality too. It's like, okay. So don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, it's going to be one of my points. It's like, this is an outline. Don't, you're not, you're not coaching Kentucky. <laughs> um, I know. I, I've done that too, where like I try to make everything competitive and it's like, you're trying to coach and then you're trying to keep score and then they get pissed because right. you missed something and they're more concerned about the game than actually playing. Right. And we do that. Don't get me wrong. It's we, we do cutthroat once or twice a week, which is where, and I have one of my assistants, Wesley's still mad at one of my assistants for keeping score because the score is not, I mean, if they're listening to this, I don't care, but the scores are not real. Like he, 
makes up whatever he wants. I mean, he just like, and it, it will change. And if they complain, what I'm doing is trying to put them in a situation where it's not fair. You just got That's, a bad call, you know. Hey, the score was 12 you know, No, it's 11-13 now. What? Oh. And then if they complain, they lose another point. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to – you want to put them in – because guess what? You're going to – there's going to, you know, there's going to be a call, a, a charge call on Jake Ferguson and on Hauser that I think is horrible. If we didn't move on <laughs> – That was a bad call. It was a bad call. How about um, uh, how about Marquette? Huh? That's yeah. a good. That's a good. That's a good kid for him. Yeah. yeah. I here's my here's my theory with with colleges too, with this, people get all worked up. I don't believe they're ripping on a seventeen year old in social media. Whatever, it's his life. Let him go where he wants to go. Right. That's what I understand. I mean, I, I told you the story. I couldn't go to the grocery store when when some of my guys went to Marquette. I swear to God, the whole Wesley era, oh, it was crazy. People would stop me in the grocery store and start screaming at me that, like, Wesley didn't go to Wisconsin. It was crazy. I, my, wife had, my wife has been doing grocery shopping for, like, 10 years because I had to stop doing it. I couldn't go out, and, like, on a Sunday. People would stop me and start yelling at me. Now I could probably do it now. No one cares. But, um, it's yeah, it's like it's their life. You know, if they're going to make a bad decision, I'm going to step in and say, that's a bad – you don't want to go to that school – but all the schools they pick are good schools and they're, yeah. you know, it comes down to what they best feel that's fit for them, you know, right. and, and half of the time they're wrong. <laughs> they, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, okay. What else? I think that's basically, I think that I wanted some feedback. I got some th good notes down. So um, then we're looking at just adding a game and then kind of continuing on with similar stuff and then just kind of layering it. Yep. And, and my thought is with the beginner stuff first, right? And then, yeah. Yep. Because so I, I think what I would be, be in one mode for the entire time. Right. Yep. And try to do this for a little bit. This, because then, I, like me, I'm like always reading like three books at a time or watching this. And I yep. got to stay focused in one world for a while. Yep. I think we do this first. Okay. Um, be, because what I think is going to happen is then we, once we get this done, then when we do the next one, we're going to be, I'm going to, we can print, I could print them out. We could put them on, I could put them on a table and you yep. and I could talk again. Yep. And then we'll go, all right, day one on intermediate should be blah, 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 blah. Okay. Because I think the easiest one for you and I is going to be the advanced one. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, mean, I think that I think I think we could you and I could crank that out in a weekend. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think these are the harder ones, and 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 I think they're harder because they're not there. You're right; they're not out there. I mean, yeah. the, the ones I've seen are. I mean, I'm just trying to think of. Uh, yeah, the ones I've seen are not. Yeah, there's stuff, but it's piecemealed. In my yeah. opinion. Right. Okay. I think we're good. Hey, everybody. Um, I hope, really hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, you know, I, it's, uh, it's talking about practice planning. I think it's just like lesson plans for those of you that are teachers. Um, go over and check it out. We got lots of information on teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're liking this, please subscribe, like, make sure you download it. Go over and leave five stars. We would love that. And um, have a great holiday season. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you did, go over and leave a five-star review. If you didn't like it, don't do anything. <laughs> um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, become a better coach. Put your Take yourself outside of that comfort zone. Join our community. Let myself, 
and our entire community help you through this great journey. doesn't matter if it's parents, doesn't matter if it's the kid not playing hard, it doesn't matter if you don't know how to break the one three one zone, we will help you. So go over and check it out. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.